Welcome to episode 31 of Oscar Sunday. I'm Austin Johnson. I'm Connor Izagari. And this is a Best Animated Feature Film Showdown based around the three films nominated at the 74th Academy Awards. Monsters, Inc., Jimmy Neutron, and the winner, Shrek. Of course, these films are from 2001, all classics in my eyes. <laughs> uh, the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature is given each year for animated films. An animated feature is defined by the Academy as a film with a running time of more than 40 minutes in which characters' performances are created by using a frame-by-frame technique, a significant number of major characters are animated, and animation figures in no less than 75% of the running time. The Academy Award for Best Animated Feature was first awarded in 2002 for the films made in 2001. That's why we're talking about Shrek. It's the first one to ever win this bad boy. And goddamn, it's a classic. I had so much fun rewatching it last night. It is maybe like well, the funniest animated movie of the of the of the decade. It's such a classic, and it holds up so well. The animation is very good. The performances, the vocal performances are fantastic. The story is fucking beautiful. It's great. It's it's wonderful, and it like it's kind of amazing considering this movie was made entirely just to spite Disney, but. It works. It's amazing. It started a huge billion dollar franchise for DreamWorks. Yeah, truly. And, you know, definitely the, the best thing that they have done, right? DreamWorks is their, it's their baby. And like you said, it's the franchise that they have. And Shrek is, you know, going against a, you know, D- Disney's Pixar movie, Monsters, Inc. And then going against Nickelodeon's Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. And you have, yeah, this <laughs> kind of badass, like rebellion type movie that has these wild adult jokes <laughs> throughout and Shrek and my God, I, I love it so much. I've seen it so many times, you know, uh, had it on DVD for, you know, almost 20 years now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy, but I, I want to do something fun like right away here and just go through. Cause it's not that long, this category. I want to just spotlight all of the winners here and just go through them. Uh, we've seen almost all of them, I'm sure. So Shrek, of course, we're going to talk about that one greatly, give it some awards later on. But uh, after that would be Spirited Away. Oh. Have, you, have you seen that one? I have, yes. Yes, yeah, so that's, you know, Studio Ghibli. That's the only non-English speaking animated film to win this award. And it actually came out in 2001, but didn't compete uh, until a year later because it didn't have a, you know, United States release until later on. So, yeah, shit happens a lot with foreign films. Uh, Spirited Away is... Probably the most, you know, mature film of all of the, the winners, uh, you know, of the history of this category. Spirited Away is something I highly recommend to, you know, just movie fans in general. You don't have to really be like somebody who's big into cartoons, you know, or anything. It's just uh, Studio Ghibli is known for making these stories that are just have a lot of depth to them and uh, kind of make you, you know, make your brain kind of move a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think Spirited Away is a great gateway film for Studio Ghibli. I mean, I know a lot of people are, if you're not hardcore into that kind of uh, filmmaking, it is a little jarring. I know, like, I was one who, I barely stepped into that. I've seen Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle, and those are both off uh, recommendations from a friend. And Spirited Away was my favorite of the two because of how grown up it is, how cool of a coming of age story it is and uh i think a lot of people can take something from that which is you know pretty cool 
for sure you know all i'll say for like you know if someone's you know hasn't seen this one is uh it's a 10 year old girl i believe 10 or 11 and her parents get turned into pigs so yeah (laughs) you know leave it at that and that beat ice age lilo and stitch spirit and treasure planet there were five that year um Ice Age is, is pretty pretty damn funny. Lilo and Stitch is very dear to my heart. Uh, and Spirit, eh, not really for me. And Treasure Planet's all right, but I, I just, Spirited Away is far superior, in my opinion, to these. Yeah, I agree. I haven't seen Spirit or Treasure Planet, but Ice Age is, is great. And uh, Lilo and yeah. Stitch is, is pretty awesome, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Lilo and Stitch, but I'm, I'm not really going to try and compare it to Spirited Away. <laughs> Spirited Away is is one of the animated movies that I think could have like you know gotten into the Best Picture cat you know talk. It's it's one of Studio Ghibli's you know better better films. And of course, if this category had been a thing you know throughout the eighties and nineties, Studio Ghibli might have scooped up even more. You know, Princess Mononoke and Kiki's Delivery Service, My Neighbor Totoro, all these different ones. You know, I mean, it's just incredible stuff what what they've done over there. Uh, I, you know, I really wish that they had more love uh, in this category. I can't believe it's, it took so long to establish a best animated film category at the Oscars. I mean, since the 30s, animated films have been winning Oscars for, you know, song and score and sound design. And I don't know why they, they waited so long for this. The 90s alone... <laughs> should have like woken them up. Maybe that's why. Maybe the Disney Renaissance was so strong it finally convinced the Oscars to add this. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it is one of those battles. And it's, you know, the Oscars still has the have these weird battles. You know, there's no stunt category, which is just a goddamn shame, right? Um it took them a while to get a foreign <laughs> best foreign film category. And the animated one is, it's just kind of jarring to see, wait, this is not even 20 years old yet. What? You know, well, it's wild. So that's why we're going to, that's why we're going to p- keep going through them. Cause it's not that long. <laughs> I think as of now it is 20 years old. Well, yeah. After, yes. After next, because this awards was in 2002, this award show, the 74th Academy ah. Awards. So it'd be, you know, yeah. Next year. Yeah. But yes, Shrek almost came out 20 years ago. <laughs> pretty fucking insane uh and we saw that in theaters didn't we of course uh 2003 would be finding nemo got the win over brother bear and the triplets of belleville oh. have not seen the triplets of belleville actually uh i, I wish i, I want to see it so bad and then brother bear i haven't seen that one in ages i actually have seen the triplets of belleville i watched that as a kid because my mom rented it thinking it was a kid's movie and it is not a kid's i've heard movie. it's not yeah it's a weird movie about a bicyclist and these three ladies it's i don't even yeah i watched it when i was like eight i barely remember it but i have seen it yeah no i, I would i would love to check that out and finding nemo is just yeah no one's a dominant just a dominant pixar movie that i would love love to do on this show one day uh it's great marlon marlon's the man <laughs> uh we have the incredibles in 2004 after that another pixar film beating shrek 2 and shark tale yeah tail the incredibles yeah come on this is what this, a that joke one's Shark Tale. I, that's such a the terrible movie. Shark Tale is also DreamWorks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. The ongoing battle between Yikes. DreamWorks and Disney to, you know, rip off each other. Yeah. Like Pixar has dominated this category constantly. Most of their films are best animated feature film winners. 
Yeah. And they've only been beaten a handful of times. But Shrek 2 yeah, could have done it. I think Shrek 2 is a very strong sequel. It is. It's, it's underrated at this point later on. You know, Shrek is so damn good and gets all the love. But I think Shrek 2 has so much to offer and adds all these characters. It's, a, it's an awesome film. And, you know, we can, we can talk, you know, talk a little bit more about it later on if you want. It was, you know, it's obviously up for a nomination here. <laughs> but The Incredibles, uh, that, was, that was a game changer. That movie was so creative and so exciting. And I still love that movie. It's such a badass superhero flick. Yeah, I mean, Brad Bird, he's, you know, this is this is the mind behind the Iron Giant, the Incredibles, and Ratatouille. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just incredible stuff from Philip Bradley Bird. You gotta love the guy. The Incredibles is definitely a great one to go back to back with Finding Nemo. Uh, after that, we have a really interesting group. This would be the films of 2005 be uh corpse bride howl's moving castle another studio g movie and then the winner wallace and gromit let's go (laughs) what a strange group there that's nice for for wallace and gromit the curse of the were rabbit to score an oscar it's just it's nice wallace and gromit's the best (laughs) hell yeah yeah it's it was a in partnership with dreamworks and british studio ardman animations so that's cool to see, right? You know, just uh, this kind of underdog type movie, but in an underdog kind of year, you have a Studio Ghibli movie and then Tim Burton, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, really cool. I kind of like that rebellious kind of year. Um, after that, here we go. We, we're definitely going to have something to say here because I'm a little frustrated about this one, ladies and oh, gentlemen. Yeah. I know we have, we have cars, eh, take it or leave it. We have Monster House, classic, and then we have the winner, Happy Feet. Get Happy Feet out of here. It's fine. But Monster House is amazing and a total game changer for, you know, if you look at the line of these animated movies, it's it, it stands alone in in what it's trying to do. And I love Monster House, man. It's definitely something that I watch every Halloween. So should have got the win there. Monster House is a creative masterpiece. And animated fi- films are so expressive and creative. I think that's why I love this category so much because... It features so many different kinds of films. Yes. And for Monster House to get a nomination there is just such a win, I think, for the horror community and just a win for, you know, Halloween movies. I, I love that. And I really wish yeah. it had taken home the gold because Cars is one of Pixar's weakest films. It has grown on me in recent years. It's it's cute. It's fun. It's a good movie. But compared to like The Incredibles, Ratatouille, like it's it's nowhere near that that caliber. No, not even close. Honestly, it's there's there's definitely tears to Pixar, definitely, and that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> uh, after that, we we go to 2007. We have Surfs Up, Persopolis, and the winner Ratatouille. I have not seen Persopolis. I haven't seen Surfs Up in like I don't know 12 years. So uh, yeah, since it came out, 13 years. <laughs> and then uh, Ratatouille, I actually watched. Mm, maybe a week ago, just exquisite (laughs) moves like fucking butter. I love Ratatouille. I think it's definitely been labeled at this point as one of the, you know, kind of dark horse Pixar films. It's like, wait a minute. We always talk about toy story and a bug's life and monsters Inc and inside out. And, but what about, what about Ratatouille, man? (laughs) Ratatouille is actually really good. And I think it, actually has a say in breaking into one of those top tiers uh, of the Pixar films. It's, it's that good. It's great. 
It's a film about, you know, finding what you love and embracing it. I think my the, the biggest thing I wonder about for the mid-2000s, what was with this ongoing obsession with penguins? Like, where did this come from? Because <laughs> you had Happy Feet and Surf's Up. Like, it was just penguin mania for, like, Club, two years. Club Penguin. It was, like, that damn computer game that everybody was playing called Club Penguin. You never heard of that? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, maybe there's – if there's any listeners out there, you know, shout out to Club Penguin. I didn't play it myself, but I had – people that i knew friends at school and stuff that played it and it was right around this time it was when i was in you know fourth fifth grade penguins everywhere man what's going on Ah, oh, jesus makes batman returns a lot scarier you know <laughs> i always thought it came out of that that documentary march of the penguins but then i thought like there's no way all these kids are going to see march of the penguins so like where is it so it was this video game okay that answers Maybe. a question i've had for years it's just a combination of all these things at once happening. Just penguins. It's, it's, it's bizarre. Uh, moving on, we have a robot, a dog, and a panda. Uh, that'd be Kung Fu Panda, Bolt, and the winner, Wally. This is, this is an interesting group. Bolt is something I haven't seen all the way through in quite some time. Kung Fu Panda I've seen recently, and I, I actually I think it's okay. It's not, I'm, I'm not crazy into it. I love Jack Black, but I, I wasn't crazy about it. But Wally. Wally, man. Wally is, uh, is something else. See, I'm not that hot on Wally. I don't. What, 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 why is it? You think it's in one of the lower tiers for you? I think it's, it, it's, I think it's beautiful. I just, I don't, I don't really, I think it's kind of boring. I, it, it, uh, it, it is, it is a bit dull compared to some of the other stuff. Yeah, for sure. Kung Fu Panda is, is cute. It's, yeah, yeah. nice, but, I don't. I wouldn't give it an Oscar. And Bolt, I've never had really any interest in. There's the the 2000s Disney films. I've always I've always thought those are pretty weak. Uh, yeah, I don't Most know. Most of them. Yeah. Wally, I guess, just by default, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it goes to that. I mean, you know, there's always an interesting conversation to be had if you really go back and look at every animated movie that came out. You know, uh, I know Ponyo came out in 2008, Studio G, and from what I know, I would actually think, I think I would actually choose that to win uh, out of the, those four. But uh, the next year has five films, uh, 2009. <clears throat> this is an interesting year. Again, The Secret of Kells, The Princess and the Frog, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Coraline, and the winner, Up. Pete Doctor. Uh, at this point, I would like to bring up Soul for just a little bit. Uh, Pete Doctor obviously involved in that one uh, directed him and Kent Powers <clears throat> directed it together what did you think of Soul? I liked it I th- I'd watched it about two hours ago and um, I thought it was very creative I thought it was the most beautifully animated film Pixar's ever done I mean it looks like a live action movie which is unreal and um, I thought it was a very cool way for kids to kind of understand life and death and um yeah, I, I wish it all the success in the world. I'm glad I got to see it. Yeah, man. It was definitely a, a breathtaking movie visually and on par with, you know, visually on par with, you know, Finding Nemo and Inside Out and the ones that just kind of pop like that with all these different amazing colors and just brought New York right into your face, right into your home. That was really cool. Uh, thanks, Disney Plus, for putting this one out right away. That was cool. You know, um, Pete Doctor 
being involved in that one, you know, when he gets involved, it's a big deal. You know, this is the, the creative director at Pixar and the only movies that he's directed that he stepped in and been like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. <laughs> it's monsters Inc up inside out and soul. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a run. <laughs> he said, these are the ones that I'm going to, you know, Hey, now these are the ones I'm going to come in and, and, you know, really be a part of here. You know, I, I love the guy's work when he's contributed to Pixar and up is fantastic. Uh, soul is awesome. Uh, Monster Inc is awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, inside out is awesome. So th- this is really cool, but secret of Kells is something I haven't seen before. Have you seen that one? No. The princess and the frog. I still have not seen that. It's, I've been meaning to check that out for years. It just, I saw part of it when I was donating blood. So that's, that's all I got. I saw Dr. Facilier's like first song. (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's all right. I don't know. I, it's kind of, there's a whole conversation I think to be had around that movie. And this is not technically the episode for that. This is based around Shrek. So, (laughs) So that, that, that's, that could be a whole other conversation because, yeah, Disney, like you said, during the 2000s, I, th- I think just missed a few times. And I think that's one of them. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Wes Anderson. Just, nope. uh, oh, damn. I, know. I haven't seen that either. I've, I've oh, only no, seen... I thought, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying you didn't like it. Okay, I've, you haven't I've seen I've only it. seen two Wes Anderson movies, and it's The Grand Budapest Hotel and The Life Aquatic. It's all I've seen. Those are two great ones to see. Wow, yeah. Too great, yeah. Well, well, you know, you know, I own them all, man. I'll, I'll just hand them over to you whenever French Dispatch decides to to drop. Um, you know, in twenty twenty one. By the way, Happy New Year! This is the first episode. <laughs> yeah, Happy New Year, everybody! First episode of twenty twenty one. Yeah, I, you know, I'm really hoping that when Dispatch comes out, we can, you know, have a have a Wes Anderson conversation and and do that. Hopefully, hopefully that happens. Um, I, I enjoy. Fantastic Mr. Fox. You know, I think Isle of Dogs, I like a little bit better. Those are the two that he's done in the animated, you know, category. But Wes Anderson to me has no weak link. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for his, his filmography. So I'm not really the guy to ask, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm biased. I think it's fantastic. Uh, Coraline, Henry Selleck. We just talked about this not that long ago <laughs> over yeah. on... Um, over on Filmgasm, we did Nightmare Before Christmas, and we, you know, we went down that road a bit and talked some Coraline. Uh, I do enjoy this one, but with all that said, I think Up just definitely beats these. Yeah, for sure. I haven't even I haven't seen these films, but I've seen Up many times, and I can tell you, it's a masterpiece. No movie has ever made me cry that fast. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I'm, I'm here for the conversations about how it kind of once it once it hits that it doesn't get much, you know, it, it kind of, you know, levels out the film maybe a little bit. I, I disagree, but I'm willing to hear that conversation, willing to hear that argument. I've read some reviews that say that up kind of gets boring. Hey, I, 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 I disagree wholeheartedly. I think the two main characters are so strong and so funny. Um, and I think it's visually just stunning to look at. And I, I, I vividly remember seeing it in theaters, you know, being 14 years old, I remember seeing it in theaters uh, and I'll, hold that kind of hold that dearly. And I just, yeah, I think it's a very strong movie. (laughs) I remember sitting there in the theaters and then, you know, the opening happened and the montage. And then it's just like, 
fucking gut punch to the heart. And then you're just like, wow, this just started. <laughs> Where do we go from here? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, Got man. Dry eye in the house. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's yeah. Fantastic. It's fantastic. Well, let's, 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 uh, you know, get to another movie that, that made us both cry, I'm sure, in theaters, which is, uh, not this one, but the one that won. Uh, the Illusionist, <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon, the winner, Toy Story 3. Of course, when all of our, you know, fair characters that have been with us since 1995, the year you and I were born, uh, when they're about to you know, be gone, we think that they're actually going to go into this fire. Uh, just an incredible moment, you know, on par with stuff that's happening in Infinity War, you know. I'm not even joking. You know, I really, I like stand by that out. The emotions I had, you know, when that was happening and the things that they're playing with, that Pixar's playing with and they know their audience, how they've been with you, you know, they've been with them for a long time and they know how to toy with your emotions in a way that, that, that just is, is, is far too realistic. And sometimes gets, it sometimes gets uncomfortable, quite frankly, to where Pixar totally, you know, like you said, just kind of dominates these awards and you get, you get why, you know, cause they're trying to raise the bar. And uh, I think that's something that studio Ghibli did a lot, but as far as the ones that are up here, uh, Pixar is really raising the bar. Well, Pixar has always used animation and, you know, quirky characters and goofy shit to disguise very real emotional insecurities yes. that people have. And, you know, like finding Nemo is, I think about, you know, grief and being a single parent. Uh, Toy Story is very much about growing up and the challenges you have to face. It's it's amazing. You know, it's it's fantastic. Toy Story 3, I, I, I never thought I'd see Woody and Buzz Lightyear accept death. Like, just to stand there and be like, there's no way out of this. Hold my hand, my friend, we're going to die. Like, what the hell, man? It really is, like amazing how they're able to do that just go right into your heart and punch it i i love it yeah yeah i feel similarly about toy story the way i do about you know like link later's before trilogy you know how wow you're just using these same characters and just kind of messing with my heart <laughs> and you know that's awesome when, when uh animated movies can do that so yeah of course toy story three uh and up we're both up for best picture yeah. and they're the only two animated films aside from Beauty and the Beast to ever do that. Of course, Beauty and the Beast, we did uh, here on, on Oscar Sunday for um, episode 26. And that was, that was a blast. Cause you know, in 1991, that was really special. That movie comes out and loses to Silence of the Lambs, but it got in, you know, and that was really cool to get that nomination, really special movie. And then over time, you know, 10 years later, there's a whole, a category for it finally and i love that that's really cool uh 2011 we have five films we have puss in boots kung fu panda 2 chico and rita a cat in paris and the winner rango so good i love rango this is totally fine with me even though i haven't seen um two of them <laughs> i don't think i've seen any of these <laughs> you haven't seen uh puss in boots i like puss in boots man that's a funny one I have not. They, uh, I haven't seen Puss in Boots or Rango. Yeah, I'm. I'm completely out on this one. You. You would love Rango. I, 
I, I know this for sure deep down in my heart that Rango is an animated movie definitely for you and I. It's so funny, <laughs> so clever, and pretty breathtaking, uh, pretty gorgeous film. I'm totally cool with this. Kung Fu Panda 2, I just don't see why it's... <laughs> why it's in there i don't know why they have five uh in this year but i can't speak for chico and rita and a cat in paris so uh 2012 we have five again wreck it ralph the pirates in an adventure with scientists haven't seen that one paranorman frankenweenie and the winner brave back to pixar (laughs) again i haven't seen any of these (laughs) wow i mean frankenweenie paranorman those are both really cool um, I've seen Frank and Weenie, my mistake. I did see that, was not really that big a fan. Racket Ralph is is all right. I like Brave. Brave is pretty cool. You know, it's none, you know, I'd say if there's four tiers of Pixar, I'd say it's like a, the third. You know, it's not quite in the bottom, but, it, you know, it's not at the top either. Uh, <laughs> again, I don't know why there's five in that year either. 2013, five again. The Wind Rises, Studio G. Uh, Ernest and Celestine. Despicable Me 2, The Crudes, and Frozen. So why is Despicable Me, the first one, not nominated in 2010? I don't understand that. And Despicable Me 2. Those are cute. I like the Despicable Me movies. Me too. The first one, I think, is actually really good. Yeah. I always like stories about bad guys who, you know, learn the error of their ways and become heroes. I think those are cool stories, even when they're goofy like this. (laughs) yeah i agree man this is i think five i think what we're figuring out here is five is probably too much because you only have so many quality animated films coming out in theaters right yeah if you're if you're counting all of the you know straight to video or like straight to dvd dc movies and all that shit it's a whole different ball game that's a whole different conversation but when we're talking about what's nominated here i just think you can cut them here because this next run, we got we got five in a lot of these. Um, 2013, 2014, 2015, and, and on. You know, it just keeps, you know, it's five and five and five. I, I just wish they were, were at three every year. Um, let's see. Have you seen The Crudes? No. And Frozen, of course, the winner. You have, I have you, seen you, Frozen, and I didn't understand the hype. I thought it was okay. I don't get why it became this like international phenomenon. <clears throat> yeah, I I agree with you there. And we're going to get to a film that I think does deserve that, that I think is sort of similar uh, in a few years. Uh, but yeah, Frozen wins there, beats the Croods, Despicable Me Too, Ernest and Celestine, The Wind Rises. Uh, 2014, we have The Tales of Princess Kaguya, Song of the Sea, How to Train Your Dragon 2, the box trolls and the winner big hero six hmm. have you seen big hero six nope uh, yeah i actually have only seen i've seen i haven't seen big hero six all the way through i've seen the box trolls and i've seen song of the sea that's it out of here I'm, Just, i got a blank slate i haven't seen any of those yeah this is this is good we're, we're learning about uh, some animated shit here uh <laughs> 2015 we have when marnie was there Sean the Sheep movie, Boy in the World, Animalisa, and the winner, Inside Out. Back to Pixar. <laughs> there we go. I have seen Inside Out. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is wonderful. I saw it on an outdoor screen uh, back in, I don't know, 
May or June. I can't remember because 2020 was so long. Uh, but Annalisa, oh boy, that would actually be my vote here. I think, I think Annalisa is one that pushes pushes things, you know, pretty far. It's stop motion, you know, Charlie Kaufman, very adult um, kind of movie. You know, so if you combine Wes Anderson and Charlie Kaufman, you know, there you go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, it's not not for everybody, but I I certainly loved it seeing a stop motion character you know, walking around a hotel and the just kind of patience that that style has is, is quite amazing. Um, watching a guy just open up a thing to eat, opening up to go food to eat the precision it takes to do all of those things for stop motion is really, really cool. And animalista is full of subtlety. And, and I actually really remember I saw this in uh, Houston at a theater downtown. I, I'll never forget. I was by myself and no one else was in the theater and I had a great time. <laughs> That's cool. That's exactly what happened to me when I saw a promising young woman a couple days ago. Yes. Which I know you really enjoyed. I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed, especially having an entire movie theater to myself. That's never happened to me before. It was, it was a great feeling. Yeah. It's happened to me just a couple times. Uh, when I saw the Danish girl that happened, I saw that one in Houston as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah shit happens oh yeah i think it came out in 2015 so that makes sense i saw Lisa, and that's when i was living in houston i'm not a particularly big kaufman fan uh what i've seen of his has been incredibly hit or miss uh he's definitely an acquired taste i understand why some people love his work but it's just not for me yeah i, I totally get that i you know me i'm first first one to admit that some of the people i'm fans of are just not they're an acquired taste i you know i i'm i'm the same way with like there's some music that i like that i get i'm not going to show it to people because i it's okay you know not everybody's going to dig it it's fine you know you find your shit and you hold on to it right it's fun <laughs> uh 2016 we have the red turtle i don't even know what what is this my life as a curget i don't know my life as a curget uh moana Kubo and the Two Strings and the winner is Utopia. This is, I, I have something to say about three of these. What about you? I have nothing to say. I have not seen any of those films. <laughs> All right. So when we brought up Frozen a bit ago, the film I was talking about was Moana. Moana, I, you know, was huge, came out, you know, bang, you know, was massive and everybody's singing the, singing the songs and whatnot. I think Moana is a very strong movie. I stand by it and I think it deserves all that stuff. So I'm not quite sure what the deal is with Frozen. I don't know why it became what it is. I'm not sure what it is. It must be the music. It must be a couple of the songs because I think Moana is just a far superior film overall, but they both are looked at as kind of like from this decade for Disney looked at as these two, you know, monster, monster movies. And I, I just think one's way better than the other. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I, I do have to see Moana. That's, that's one that's on my list. And I've seen most of Zootopia out of order because I was working oh. at Draft House when it came out. So that's, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that Zootopia, oh, I'll get, get to that in a second. Kubo and the Two Strings, also nominated for visual effects at, at the Oscars that year, the 89th Academy Awards. Boy, that's, uh, 
that's a heavy one. That's another, another one I highly suggest to people who just like movies in general. I, it was on Netflix. I don't know if it is anymore. I'm not quite sure. I feel like I've seen it on something. Uh, God, strong, strong ass movie, but Zootopia, another Disney movie, not quite as successful as Moana and, and frozen from this past decade, but in my opinion, better than both. <laughs> Zootopia, I'm, I'm glad it won this year. I think Zootopia has a lot to say. And I think Jason Bateman gives one of the better voice performances, voice acting performances I've seen from, from this decade of these movies we talk about. It's, it's one of my favorite voice performances. Bateman is born to do this shit, man. Well, he's born to do everything. Clearly the guy can direct fucking TV shows and produce shit and being comedies and being serious movies, being the gift and the guy's unstoppable. And to see him have this character in Zootopia, that is, he's, he's very, very talented and really makes that, that movie pop Zootopia. I, I love it. Idris Elba as well. <laughs> yeah, this is, it's Zootopia is awesome. I watch it all the time. It's one of Willow's favorites. Uh, and it's one that I have no problem watching with her. I'm really surprised that Pixar was shut out with finding Dory. Especially when there's five. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that one was pretty good, Finding Dory. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny too. Yeah. Idris Elba, another great performance. Yeah. It's always a kind of a shocker when Pixar doesn't sweep up a nomination. Like both of the car sequels, nothing. Yeah, that is kind of shocking. But you know, this next year, it has something to say. We we, we got a we got a real weird year here. <laughs> Bear with us. Uh, 2017, we're almost done here. We got Loving Vincent, Ferdinand, yay. The breadwinner, the boss baby, and the winner, Coco, back to Pixar. Oh, boy. This is a rough bunch. Uh, Loving Vincent's a pretty pretty strong movie, real real different, you know? Not something that, you know, children are going to really enjoy. But uh, cool, these other ones are, are bizarre. Ferdinand, I, I vividly remember um, watching some of that it was just on TV and I stopped and I was like, what the hell is this? And watched some of it. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, the boss baby is so bonkers. <laughs> so bonkers. There's now a TV show on Netflix and everything. I, I don't know. Uh, Coco is a damn near masterpiece. One we haven't really brought up yet because I knew it would come up here. I think it has something to say to be in one of those top tiers. It goddamn Coco we talk about soul and, you know, soul fucking with death, Coco fucking with death uh, a lot there. And I, I think Coco is really strong. It's really cool to see Pixar uh, finally get a lot of, uh, you know, diversity in their characters and uh, to have a movie like Coco and soul come out in the past few years is, is, is special. And I think it's a good way to look up. I think it's a good way to look forward uh, to what they're, they're going to do in the, in the future. Yeah, I agree. I think it's cool that Pixar is embracing diversity and uh, kind of celebrating a lot of different cultural stories, which is really cool. Looking forward to that very much. Disney. Disney. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> here we go. <laughs> we got 2018, the 91st Academy Awards. We got five again. Ralph Breaks the Internet. I don't know how to say this, so I'm sorry. Mirai is going to be my guess. Uh, and then Isle of Dogs, Incredibles 2, 
And ladies and gentlemen, one of the best animated movies to ever be made, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This isn't even a contest. (laughs) Oh, man. It was so cool to see that win. That was such a creative movie. And as a comics fan, just a dream come true. That was such a badass film. And I loved it. And I really did not like Incredibles 2, so I really didn't want that to win. Yeah, it's, eh, it's all right. Forgettable as hell. Isle of Dogs is, is awesome and has one of the coolest casts ever. You know, you're, you're going to really, really dig Isle of Dogs. I, I know this for sure. Cause I mean, just right off the bat, off the top of my head from, you know, I haven't seen it in a little while, but you know, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Jeff Goldblum, they're like the main dogs. I mean, come on, <laughs> you know, you're just listening to those guys kind of bullshit. So it's, it's really, really special. Uh, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. You know, I'm, this is this is Oscar Sunday, and I'm I'm gonna go to bat for a movie here. I'm gonna go to bat for this movie here. Uh, <clears throat> 91st Academy Awards is obviously something that's come up here before. It's uh, we talked about Black Panther, we talked about if Beale Street could talk not that long ago. Uh, we've had some debates about you know that category, the Best Picture category from that year. You know, Green Book winning. You know, Spider Man into the Spider Verse deserves a spot over green book and over bohemian rhapsody and you know i'll stand by that there's plenty of other movies if Beale street could talk is one of those too but spider-man to the spider-verse may deserve it over some of the other movies look at it 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 is a it is a total total game changer it's one of the best superhero movies ever too (laughs) it you know I feel I feel a certain way about it because it, when you're watching it, and you know, I know you and I had, we just had this kind of like whoa, like your jaw just kind of drops, and it's not like you're crying, but things you just feel like tears are oozing out of you because you're like, what is this? You know, just inject this shit into me, you know, all day, and it's and it's now influenced what what Marvel's going to do, looking into the future, and. I just think it's, I think in 10 years, we're going to look back at it and we're going to be like, fuck, the Oscars should have given it more stuff. I've never seen that kind of animation style before. That was what jarred me the most about it. It <sighs> looked and felt like a, like a comic book come to life, which was so cool. And, you know, getting to see all these different Spider-Men from different universes, Nicolas Cage as a film noir Spider-Man, John Mulaney as Spider, Spider-Pig. I mean, come on. The cast, excellent, excellent. It was cool. I love like, you know, Liv Schreiber's intimidating Kingpin using Miles Morales as a main character was fantastic. Gave so many different. I know like my cousin Miles loves that character. And uh, well, obviously. (laughs) uh, Yeah, Miles, Miles. It's just neat to have that kind of representation and that kind of story told. And like you said, it is influencing the MCU's future for Spider-Man. And that's i mean that's awesome we're gonna get maybe the the coolest spider-man movie ever in a few years because of that (laughs) yeah yeah it's not now this one has raised the bar to be the best spider-man movie ever so now you have to beat that and and to have fun doing that because that's a 10 out of 10 movie right there that's a that's a goddamn masterpiece i really i I, you know i'll stand by that you know i enjoy every second of it when i'm watching it every second (laughs) I've seen it. I've seen if it's, you know, I think it had a run on HBO or something. And when I was just kind of, you know, flipping through channels, it just, no matter what, whatever moment was at, it just would stop 
I'm just going to watch into the spider verse. This shit is awesome. You know, it's visually stunning and takes me to a place. It does exactly what I want movies to do. It takes me way away. Tells me a cool, cool ass story and takes me way away. It's awesome. Um, Last year, 2019, you know, of course this year, 2020, it's the, the Oscar is going to be very interesting. Um, they're going to be, what's the date? Is it April 25th? I believe is the date. I think, um, I think that's right. For the uh, films of 2020, obviously. April 25th, 93rd Academy Awards. Yeah. Yeah. April 25th. We, we'll, we'll have an episode coming out that day. Actually, it, it obviously won't be about those Oscars. We're going to do a really, really, really fun movie that day. Um, like a absolute classic and then the week after that we'll do something from that academy awards but uh it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens right at 20 the uh 93rd academy awards with all the categories animated included it's gonna be really interesting to see you know obviously off the top of my mind soul and onward stand out as movies that'll be nominated for best animated movie can't think of much else but i just haven't seen you know everything um but 2019, we have five again. We have Missing Link, Claws, I Lost My Body, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, and Toy Story 4, Woody's, uh, you know, Woody's last little roundup there. <laughs> Toy Story 4 was the film I didn't know I needed to see. I was, I was very apprehensive about that. I thought Toy Story 1, 2, 3 flawless trilogy we do not need a fourth movie but we got one and i thought you know shameless cash grab this is going to sell toys and tank it was a billion dollar success and it was one of the most beautiful conclusions i've ever i've ever seen i've for woody to have an existential crisis and realize what is my life like beautiful it was beautiful it was a great just ending like a great epilogue to the toy story franchise and yeah oh my gosh yeah I'm very glad it took home best uh, animated film. Yeah. And it, it also, I thought a lot about, you know, being the age we are now and how we toy story has just been a part of our, our entire movie life, you know, um, how it ranges from the year we were born to last year, you know, almost two years ago now for toy story four. Uh, you know, I thought a lot about how it was also, this along with um what's it called a uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood this and that for tom hanks it just seems like this really interesting time for his career and a really interesting thing for this character right for for woody <laughs> for him to kind of have this sort of proper proper do proper like you said the film we didn't know we needed yeah. And I feel like Tom Hanks, he's always been there. He's always been reliant, you know, reliable and a steady, you know, superstar in Hollywood and just comes through and, and is awesome. You know, he appears on SNL and is hilarious. You know, he just, everybody loves the guy. And it felt like, I, I remember in theaters, I was just thinking like, you know, Tom Hanks, like these guys, these guys, you know, aren't at the peak of their powers forever, you know? And Tom Hanks is one of those guys that, and it made me think of Woody and him at the same time, like, Woody's is Woody just isn't going to be here forever. Eventually he is going to have a send off. Eventually he is going to have a, all right, now I'm going to go, I'm going to go live my life now and 
it's not going to be something you you're going to see on film. <laughs> and I've thought that way about, you know, actors and it made me think that way about Tom Hanks because that's what happened to Woody. And it made me think about, you know, Tom Hanks, this is a guy we got to appreciate while he's here, you know, while he's in his game. And that's, that's so cool that these voice actors can do that with characters, with, with animated characters, you know, cause that's obviously important. You know, you want it to look amazing, but you need, you need these people who are voicing them to match what's going on. That's, I, I felt so strongly about that when I was watching Toy Story 4. I'll never forget that. It's such a cool experience. Hell yeah, man. It's, it's neat. Especially after, you know, Woody spends three movies as Andy's toy. He's, he loves Andy. His life is meaningless without Andy. With, now that he doesn't have Andy, Woody has, he doesn't know what to do next. He's not Bonnie's favorite toy. He's just wandering. And I love the idea of these toys realizing that they can have their own lives, that they don't have to be tied to a kid. They can do what they must do for that kid and then have their own life. And that was fantastic. And Woody, of all people, and you know, he deserved it. Everything he's been through, it felt earned. And I love that. It, it felt deserved. And I was not expecting that. Fuck yeah, man. Hell yeah. So good. I, yeah, Toy Story 4, you're never going to hear, hear much, uh, much hate from, from this side, you know, from either of us. You know, that, that, that's one of the few franchises to go for and succeed. Yes. You know, we, we've seen so many just f- fail before even getting there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Toy Story just did it flawlessly and just timed out perfectly. Like, they hit us with the 1-2 in 95 and 99, and then and then they went, you know, to 2010 and 2019 and just let us let that simmer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now we got to deal with it for the rest of our lives. So cool. And, and we have, you know, four movies that are an hour and a half each that we can go back to and be in that world. So cool. And obviously one of the biggest, you know, for, for, for you know, American animation and it's Toy Story is one of the biggest contributors and, you know, we've talked about how Toy Story 95 gets that honorary award for just for just being awesome. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, of course, if that award or this award that we've been talking about was around, Toy Story would have won it. You know, and Toy Story 2 certainly would have had something to say. Uh, Tarzan uh, in 99, it, it, would, it would, you know, they would have something to say for sure. And I love this category. I think it's so cool. And I'm really excited to move the conversation more towards Shrek because that's the movie we uh, rewatched and we, we have awards for, and I had a very hard time (laughs) picking them. But before we do that, let's go to the 74th Academy Awards a little bit because um, we've been there before we did in the bedroom uh, way back on episode four, I believe. Uh, So we've been here before to talk a bit about that, but this is a totally different area of this ceremony because Shrek obviously isn't up for the same stuff as uh, in the bedroom. Uh, but it does, it does have something other than that best animated win. So we're going to talk a bit about that and see if we think that it deserved that. Yeah. And this is a category we did talk about on, uh, our, in the bedroom episode, cause it's, it's in this category, best adapted screenplay. Uh, we yep. have Shrek. This one intertwines. Yeah, it's cool. Shrek, the Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring in the bedroom, ghost world and the winner, a beautiful mind. Uh, pretty damn loaded category. (laughs) 
hard to pick a favorite. I don't remember what yeah. I went with in episode four. I actually think I might have said in the bedroom. I think. I think, think but but Ghost World's real strong. I've seen all. I've seen all of these. I think I maintained loyalty and stayed with Fellowship. Probably, yeah. I mean, Fellowship, we both said, should have won Best Picture. That's for sure. But how cool is it for Shrek to land a screenplay nod alongside these films? Because Shrek's screenplay is flawless. It, it's, it's uh, well, it does what very few do. And, you know, I'll bring up a movie on the other side, but it does, it, it does what very few comedies do. It's timeless. It, it actually still works. It's still funny. And you can still laugh at the jokes and not be like, oh, I'm a dick. You know, um, there's so many movies from this era that are have they just don't last. They don't they don't look good today. The jokes don't you know, they don't get so much laughs today. But on the other side, I feel similarly similarly about Royal Tenenbaums. It's still funny, still hilarious, still unique. And Shrek's the same way. It still still holds still holds up. And I love that. My favorite thing about the Shrek franchise as a whole is how well it tackles relatable problems in life we all have shrek the first film is about you know challenging your own insecurities and falling in love shrek 2 is about meeting the in-laws shrek 3 is about having kids shrek 4 is about finding yourself as a father and realizing where did my life go it's it's brilliant all four films tackle that so smart and while three and four are not nearly as good they still do that and I just, I can't get enough of that. I love the hell out of the Shrek franchise because of how it does that. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, it's a just clean, beautiful, precise, hour and a half movie, Shrek. And yeah, the, the, the screenplay is awesome. So good. But we actually watched all three this past week from the animated uh, feature film category. And again, this is the first year that it happened. And I uh, decided to watch, you know, when uh, Aaron, Wa- Aaron Warner, sorry, goes up to accept the award. I watched that on YouTube the, a couple days ago. Um, what they decided to do for this, for the show was they put Shrek and Donkey in tuxedos and, you know, had them in the audience, right? Like, for, for, you know, not, not actually in the audience, just for the TV, for the, for, for us, for the, for the TV viewers. And then there was Jimmy and Goddard, his little dog. And then there was Sully and Mike. And I was like, fucking 2002, man. <laughs> That's so you know, cool. they're like sitting, they're sitting next to like Leo and, you know, all these stars and stuff. It's, it was, it was really funny. And, you know, when, when Shrek wins, they show him and Shrek's like, you know, goes crazy <laughs> and it's funny, uh, <laughs> funny a little bit, but monsters Inc. We've talked about Pixar a ton. And here, here, here's Monsters, Inc. right here. Early in the game, you know, you have Toy Story, uh, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, and Monsters, Inc. It's the fourth, fourth Pixar film ever. So, and it's pretty much flawless. So, do you think it has a case for winning? It definitely does. If Shrek hadn't been so perfect, Monsters, it really is a, it's a, it's a coin toss between these two films. It really is. Monsters, Inc., very creative film, very, very funny timeless the animation is gorgeous and any other any other film has shrek spot monsters inc takes it yeah man yeah 
So tough. I mean, Jimmy Neutron is obviously the odd one out here. I do, I do love it. It, it holds like a special place in my heart from I, when I was a child. I loved it. But for, from an animation standpoint, it just doesn't even come close to the other two. And, and it's just, it's not, it's not as funny. It's not as clever as the other two, right? The story is just not as good. Um, but I do, I do really enjoy it still. Like I, I laughed a lot at Sheen, you know, mate, ultra Lord live. And, and uh, Carl, you know, nani, nani, nani. <laughs> all these different little things. You know, I, I just, I was laughing my ass off when I watched it. So, but I think this is definitely, like you said, it's a toss up between Monsters Inc. and Shrek. Well, I think the coolest thing about Jimmy Neutron, I found this out in the trivia, is that it was the first animated film ever to be made with over-the-counter software. Like, you could go to Best Buy, buy, like, digital animation rendering software, and you could make Jimmy Neutron. And that's what they did. Which is pretty incredible that this movie was made basically on some guy's laptop in 2001. (laughs) That's pretty cool. But I agree, the animation's not as flawless as Shrek and Monsters, Inc. But then again, you know, this is Nickelodeon going up against Disney and DreamWorks. Yes. yes. Two Titans versus yeah, little yeah. guy, little TV guy. I mean, this is a fight. Everybody knew Nick wasn't going to win, but it's still cool that it was in the fight. Yeah. And and uh, John Davis, the guy who he, he ultimately he created Jimmy Tron like in the late 80s. And he when he pitched it, it was definitely like, they're like, okay, we're definitely gonna make a TV show. And he was like, I have to make a film. <laughs> I have to make a Jimmy Neutron film before the TV show comes out. So there's, you know, there's a template, there's something there that I, I love that, you know, it's like, you know, it's Jimmy Neutron, but he stuck by and was like, I got to get this made. You know, I got to get the movie made first. And I, you know, I respect it. I'm glad it happened because the show's funny and all, but uh, God, the movie, the movie still cracks me up, you know, purple flirt, baby. I've always wanted to have some. <laughs> Same here, man. Same here. I love that show. Uh, as a kid. Yeah. I remember, I think I saw this at like a birthday party. Like I was oh, at like yeah. a friend's oh, yeah. birthday party. We all went to the movies and we saw Jimmy Neutron. I have, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I remember that. That's perfect. I, I, I saw this with my family. It was one of those kind of like, let's go out and see, you know, a film that's good for everybody. I was, you know, we were six when these came out. So, uh, you know, I remember it was probably at probably at Northwoods because we lived over by there, Regal Northwoods over here in San Antonio. Um, again, doesn't uh, doesn't quite compete with the other two guys, but we do have to make a decision here. You know, just just for just to for documentation's sake, <laughs> um, and I, I think we're in agreement that Shrek beats it, beats Monsters Inc. by a little bit. It's not a lot, but I think what it is, and I think if I were seven, I may, I may say differently, but now over time, as you, as you watch them both, Shrek does some stuff that uh, Monsters, Inc. just can't do, that Pixar doesn't do. Pixar's, you know, Pixar's funny, and they do some stuff that's definitely more leaning towards the adults, but Shrek is kind of filled with that stuff. It's just as much an adult film as it is a children's film Shrek it's that's that's kind of why it's so timeless why we speak about it that way that's why we spoke about the screenplay that way I think that's why it was nominated because I think they knew hey we got we got something special here this isn't just any old you know kids movie and that is why 
this category should have been in existence a long time ago because it isn't just about kids movies you know it's so it's a it's movies you know we we talk we've talked about black and white movies well let's talk about animated movies it's the same fucking thing right you know people don't want to compare the two you know live action animated well let's do that you know let's have that conversation because they have something to offer as far as the product when it's in front of you and you are watching it for an hour and a half it doesn't matter what exactly it is. If it affects you strongly, it affects you strongly. <laughs> and Shrek, Monsters, Inc. does that. Don't get me wrong. Monsters, Inc. made me kind of sob like a little kid <laughs> the other day. But but Shrek does that while it also made me kind of laugh like a hyena. Yeah. And, and you know, r- reminded, me, reminded me of a time with my brothers, like quoting this movie with my brothers when I was a kid. It, it's just... Uh, a movie I'll probably be watching and, until I'm not watching movies anymore. That sort of thing. Shrek. Whereas Monsters, Inc., I, I love it. I love it. I, I love what Pixar has to offer, but I, I think Shrek is doing something different is my point. I think it's doing something different than what Pixar is trying to do, and that's okay. But ultimately what Shrek is doing, I think, is a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think Shrek has a timeless quality to it because you can laugh at it and your parents can laugh at it. And it's... yeah. It's cool, and it's a it's a great way to kind of send up fairy tale movies while also celebrating them, and it's just so damn funny. And you look like like you said, you know, this award should have been around for a long time. I look back at the '90s and I think like, how cool would it have been to see Nightmare Before Christmas go up against Batman: Mask of the Phantasm at the Oscars? Like, it could have happened. Exactly. Exactly. It's, oh you know, my gosh. Ninety nine. Like you know, you've got Toy Story two versus Tarzan versus South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many possibilities that could have happened, and at least we have it now. But we should have had it for a very long time. Yeah, and maybe that's uh, maybe that's a podcast we can do in the future. You know, some episode we could do on one of our shows. Just do like a make up our own. You know. You know. Uh, do the category for the eighties and nineties, you know, and just come up with three films per year that we think are, are worthy. And I think that'd be really cool, man, to see it on paper. Cause there are some years where you look back like, Whoa, you know, I, right away. The, the one I said earlier, I, I really don't know what I would choose between um, Tarzan and toy story Two. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. You know, that sounds like a great potential topic for our new show premiering in a couple of days. Actually, this is yeah, tomorrow because yeah. that's when this, this is coming on Sunday. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Sneak preview. Sneak preview is definitely debuting tomorrow. Yeah, because we're recording this a little early. Uh, you know, that's what happens when you're when you're doing a bunch of shows at once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to love it. Um, do, do you want to you want to go ahead and do these awards or what? Yeah, let's kill it. Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk Shrek. Let's let's talk some Shrek. I think, you know, uh, yeah, organically here, you know, as we do these awards, <laughs> we'll just talk Shrek. Um, you know, of course, we have the Tarantino Award, which is for best quote or best line. We have the Ennio Morricone Award for his best music moment or, you know, needle drop piece of the soundtrack, whatever you want. The Philip Seymour Hoffman Award for your favorite performance. The person who you think won the film. And then we have the Roger Deakins for the best scene best moment of the movie. Uh, Connor, I'll let you start. I got, I got a funny one. So I'll let you start uh, with your Tarantino. Before I start, I do want to just let the audiences know that the reason Shrek came into existence was because CEO Jeffrey Katzenberg fucking hated Michael Eisner. 
yes. and allowed this film to be made and put in a whole bunch of innuendos against Disney just to spite them. And he made it just vague enough so he couldn't get sued. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and you know, th- yeah, that's a whole, th- there's a whole conversation to be had, you know, about DreamWorks and, and Disney and how it comes, comes about. And look at ants in a bug's life. That kind of, <laughs> that kind of tells the story for you. Yeah. <laughs> right on. So my uh, Tarantino, I have two. I'll give my first one. It's a line I, that I've always loved because of the way it's delivered. And it's Lord Farquaad explaining to his soldiers, to the knights, you know, about the quest and how they're going to go fight the dragon. And he goes, some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I am willing to make. <laughs> and then everyone applauds him. I, I've always loved that. Johnny, John, John, John. One of the, oh my God. <laughs> oh, I, I, as a child, I kind of needed to know who that was behind that character. I was like, dad, John Lithgow. And I'm like, oh, oh who? <laughs> the, when I was a kid, I was already a huge fan of Third Rock from the Sun. So I knew who John Lithgow was, and I was so excited that he was the bad guy in Shrek. That's right. You're a big fan because Third Rock from the Sun is right around that time, right? Yeah, it was like it was ending around 2001. So it was okay. Yeah. Was like, we watched it on TV all the time, every week. It's a big, That's perfect. big show for us. We have the whole series on DVD now. So he's been a part of my life for a very long time. I, I would have seen him in this first, or, you know, not seen him, but you know what I mean. And then Orange County. <laughs> would have been would have been the would have been the next thing after that orange county a movie that is just so damn special <laughs> i i you know orange county is one that i'm like hey why can't that be up for best screenplay <laughs> god i wish that's <laughs> the comedy of the oscars <laughs> there should be. oh I w- man i wish all genres were created equally i really do <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah right that happened <laughs> Go ahead. What's yours? Uh, all right, I got. Um, this is at the. This is at the swamp when Shrek and Donkey are bombarded by a slew of characters, and we're seeing. Oh my God! This is this is incredible. We're seeing a lot of stuff. And little pig says, "Lord Farquaad, he huffed, he puffed, and he signed an eviction notice." <laughs> <laughs> Great pick. Absolute, absolute genius line on par with, you know, anything out of any comedy you can pull, you know, from the past. I love that line so much. <laughs> There's so many fantastic, just like one-liners from Shrek. It's, yes. it's fantastic. It's endlessly quotable. One of my favorites is when the dwarves throw Snow White on his table and he's just like, no, 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 dead broad off the table. Yeah. And tries yes. to push her. Yes. Like, pulling the curtain on the big bad wolf and he's just like what like the delivery it's so the what? delivery is so good. <laughs> My- uh, god i love it so much well like the just the the timing of when they get to the castle and that guy with a giant head on just starts going through the timing of that is like this is wonderful the patience for that scene is so good <laughs> My second line is just a great throwaway line that you don't expect to hear in a kid's movie. And I'm surprised that they allowed this to stay in. It's when Trek's trying to explain to Donkey that ogres have feelings. And he says the famous line, ogres have layers. And Donkey starts talking about cakes and somehow he ends up, start, he ends up talking about parfaits. 
And as they're walking out of the cornfield, you just faintly hear Donkey say, parfaits may be the most delicious thing on the whole damn planet. <laughs> it's such an odd line. <laughs> I love it to death. I feel like Eddie Murphy was like, I, I need, I got to say this right now, you know? And he probably wanted to say, I fucking love parfaits. <laughs> Can you imagine if they just casually dropped an F-bomb in this? Oh, it yeah. I saw- it would have fit, but it would have been like a huge scandal. Oh, yeah. 100%. I saw a thing the other day that was going around on something on the internet. I don't know. I can't pinpoint what exactly it was, but it was saying like, if you could put the F word in any Disney movie, what movie would you choose? And, you know, it re- there wasn't a, res- a resounding uh, answer for where's my fucking super suit. <laughs> uh, everybody, everybody was saying that's what it's got to be. But I, I, you know, I, you know, immediately went to toy story. Like you are a fucking toy. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Shrek, you know, there could be a lot of great F bombs in Shrek that would just fit so well. Jesus Christ, that's beautiful. I love that. In the morning, in the morning, I'm making fucking waffles. <laughs> <laughs> I have this, I found this uh, YouTube channel that does, it's called Unnecessary, uh, oh, what's the word? Shit. When you get bleeped out. Uh, fuck. Bleeped out? Like what when, censorship. Censored, 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 censored oh, yeah. God. It's called Unnecessary Censorship, and they take scenes from various films the animated ones are the funniest and they will just put in a fake bleep randomly to make dialogue funnier and they did shrek and it is mind-bogglingly funny <laughs> i recommend i love that, that up it's, i love it it's so funny <laughs> they I did all the star like wars that. movies all the pixar movies just random bleeps to make dialogue sound un- like incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> yeah that's that's perfect i love shit like that it's really cool. You know, as much as we love movies, we like poking fun at them too, you know? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's all about. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, the Inyo, the Inyo Morikata. This is a tough one. The Inyo. This is this is always an award that, you know, I put in the back of my mind and then I'm like, fuck, this isn't really hard. Because when you're, when you're paying attention, you realize how massive music is for, for films. Right. And in Shrek, the soundtrack is so strong, so strong. I love it. Uh, but I, for my Inyo, I went with a piece of the score. It's called eating alone by Henry Gregson Williams and John Powell. And it is of course, when Shrek is eating alone, this is before he finds out that all these fuckers are about to come to his swamp <laughs> and man, uh, for whatever reason, I was just kind of shook by that moment uh, when I was rewatching it. The the music itself, nice, really nice strings going on in, in that in that little bit. It's only like two minutes long, so I highly suggest looking up "Eating Alone" by Henry Gregson Williams and John Powell. It's right there in the first twenty minutes of the film. That's great. I love the score. I love how it emphasizes Shrek's loneliness. He may yes. not, you know, admit it to himself. He may say he hates people, but all he wants is to be, is to be loved, or yeah. at least respected, or tolerated. I mean, that's all he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tolerated is a, a good word to use because he he definitely goes off later on. Yeah, he's a great relatable character. You know, he 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 respects his privacy, but he does want friends. But he does hate most people. 
I can I can relate to that way more than I thought. <laughs> oh yeah, as you get older, it's something that you kind of have to confront with yourself. You know, like Shrek is somebody you can look to. Like he's he's clearly afraid of commitment, right? We don't know exactly why he's, he's afraid to really do something other than hang out by himself in his swamp. And there's, there's something deep down there. And, you know, that's what's so cool. Like you said about the movies, all of them together, if you put them all together, it's just like this kind of beautiful journey of Shrek as an adult. And it's kind of cool. It is for sure. My music moment uh, for the longest time, it was, Joan Jett's bad reputation playing as Shrek just wrecked Lord Farquaad's entire squadron because that's just such a great scene. Unbelievable scene, yeah. But then it changed as soon as I heard John Cale's cover of Hallelujah. <laughs> Dude, Jesus Christ, right? I Tears. It's too real. Shit gets really real. All of a sudden, it's... You know, it's the perfect melancholy montage of two souls who found each other but are both afraid to, to admit it. It's, it's great. It's, it's another incredibly relatable scene. It, yeah. Yeah, and that- again, again, uh, again, another thing where you two people, like you said, don't want to uh, confront exactly what's going on and don't want to just sit down and take the time to sit still. Yeah. It's scary. Exactly what, it's very scary. Shit's, you know, admitting, shit's real, you have, dude. admitting those feelings is one of the, most terrifying things we can do as human beings i don't know why most no i don't think anyone really does but we all are afraid to admit when we truly do love somebody it's you know a fear of rejection or just a fear of having that being said out loud and shrek is the last movie i would have thought would face that but it does better than most films it really is yeah fantastic yeah so good Ah, man. <laughs> Great choice. <clears throat> um, this one. This next one. This is, a, you know, an award that we've seen a lot of similarity, right? But recently we've seen, you know, we've seen some, you know, stuff that, you know, we had Jack Lemmon and you had Shirley MacLaine, right? We, we had those two. Uh, that was, I, I like when that happens. And Rush Amon, I remember we had, we had different people chosen for that. But here, you know, I had a hard time. Just it, it's for, for me. It's got to be Mike Myers. I think he's t- carrying this movie with a gravitas <laughs> that I you you rarely find in an animated movie. Mike Myers, Wayne, you know, from Wayne's World is is voicing this giant, you know, six foot five ogre, you know. And doing it flawlessly, it fits, fits perfectly. I've never really known, very rarely do I, I, it just clicks right away, but Shrek clicks right away. Sometimes it'll take me a minute to, you know, get used to a character, you know, but he, (laughs) Mike Myers fits right away. And I I love what Eddie Murphy's doing. I love what John Lithgow's doing. Cameron Diaz is actually very good. But Mikey Mike, (laughs) he takes it home here. I too went Mike Myers because it's just, he is, he's the movie. His performance is the movie. And I think, you know, it, it's the, it's the Scottish accent he decided to throw on there, which he ended up costing the studio an additional $5 million because he, he recorded all of his lines. And then after he was done felt, you know what? Shrek should be Scottish. 
and then re-recorded all of his dialogue, $5 million. But you know what? That was the best $5 million DreamWorks ever spent. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Because that accent, throwing that on there, it's just, yeah, it's perfect. Have you heard the original little snippet of dialogue that Chris Farley recorded for Shrek? No. No, I haven't. I have I have a hard time swallowing, you know, like kind of swallowing that, you know, thinking about how if that would have happened uh, uh, or if he would have even been involved in any animated movie, Chris Farley. I have a hard time thinking about it. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. yeah. For those of you who don't know, Chris Farley was in early development on Shrek when he died. Yeah. And Mike Myers replaced him because he was a friend. And um, I've heard the bit. It's the scene where Shrek and Donkey are talking about the stars. So it's that bit. And it's, it's good. It is odd to hear that voice for Shrek. I think because Mike Myers made it so iconic, it's hard to hear another actor even attempt. Oh, yeah. After when you've digested, especially as a child, four movies, you know, you've like watched them growing up. It's going to be very hard to see anyone else doing this. And Chris Farley's got such a different, different kind of take on it. So I can't even imagine. Uh, ah, so heartbreaking. Um, really cool for a guy like Mike Myers to, you know, pick up the torch there. Um, obviously, they're buddies from SNL. And I j- just recently saw the uh, Chippendales bit where of course Mike Myers is one of the he's on the he's at the sitting at the table he's on the panel and Chris Farley's dancing and there's a couple couple times where Mike Myers you can see is looking at Chris and is like god damn it <laughs> and wants to laugh and you know anytime Chris Farley comes up I have no problem you know yeah. the guy the guy is a total total hero to both of us in the movie world and then in the Saturday night Saturday night live world Love him. I, I really wish he could have been a part of the animated world. That would have been really cool. The last Chris Farley SNL sketch I watched was around Christmas, and it was uh, Chris. It was a Christmas special, Matt Foley motivational Santa. <laughs> and oh, yes, it was just you know Matt Foley hired as a mall Santa and is just giving these kids terrible advice, and it's it's hilarious. <laughs> Perfect. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, uh, so he's what, a legend. Hell yeah. So let's talk Deacons. Roger Deacons. I'm very interested to see what you have here because I have a feeling we went in, in opposite directions on this. Yeah, I think I think we probably did. I actually went with a you know a, a full-on scene here, and it would be the from the moment Shrek and Donkey get on the bridge to the moment that they get out of the castle and have saved Fiona. I absolutely adore everything that's happening inside that, whatever it is, 10 minutes. Um, that's my deacons, the, the castle scene, the dragon scene, whatever you want to call it. I think it contains some really funny stuff and it's one of my favorite adventure moments in movies when you have them all running in slow motion and the fire's coming and, I vividly remember as a kid getting so amped when that moment, you know, when that moment comes and you're watching them escape and all this stuff and the dragon barely, you know, barely, you know, barely gets held back by the collar and just a breathtaking bit animation wise. And when it comes down to it, 
animated movies are that's what they are they're animated and this part blew me away more than any other part i was astonished by the movement of it and the colors that are happening with the lava holy shit you know just really cool shit again as far as adventure scenes go this is like one of my favorites (laughs) it's a fantastic scene it's it's really cool the way they you know subvert audience expectations they kind of you know, mock fairy tale tropes. Yep. Fiona's yep. talking about, you know, you're supposed to do it this way. And Shrek's like, yeah, and they all died, you see? <laughs> like, yeah. He's not your average fairy tale hero. And I think that no. scene really shows that better than any other scene in the film. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you get like Donkey's like, you know, he's just talking about how he's like the stare master, you know, and and then he sees the dragon and Shrek's like, yeah, all that stuff. Like you said, the tropes that they're kind of copying from Disney it, it is so funny. And it's all happening while it actually looks amazing. <laughs> and you know, they're not just they're not just making fun of shit. Yeah. It's also great character development for Shrek because in that scene, he really does rise to the challenge and he like he saves Donkey several times. Like he's been trying to get rid of this guy the whole movie, but I, as soon as danger's there, he's like, get out of the way. Like he's he's proving to be like an actual good person in this scene. And yes. I love that. Great choice. So cool. Yeah. What about you, man? What's your deacons? I went funny because I've always loved this scene because it's out of nowhere and so stupid, but it makes me laugh every single time. And it's the scene where Monsieur Hood and his merry men show up to rescue Fiona. <laughs> yes, so good. That's a uh, Castle, right? Mm-hmm. The the voice actor for that is that Vincent Castle? I don't know. I think it. I think it is. I think it is for Monsieur. I just let's, love let's the fact. Out that imdb yeah. i think thank you <laughs> like robin hood this yeah vincent castle yeah vincent castle this traditional english folk hero is a french asshole <laughs> like, why why is he french i don't know and i don't care but just the fact that he shows up and is like you know can't you see i'm a little busy here like the whole thing is so damn funny his little song that fiona just interrupts and starts kicking all their asses. It's I love great. it. God, I love it so much. <laughs> that is, I think that's my favorite scene in the whole damn franchise because of how random and just perfect it is. It could be a short film, that little bit right there. <laughs> oh yeah. There's so many, so every really every scene from from Shrek, uh the the really funny bit with the gingerbread man. That could be a short, yeah, that 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 shit plays on youtube all the time you know it's great stuff it's also this film has one of the saddest secret subplots i've ever seen in a film and you can see it like in the background so at the scene where uh donkey almost gets captured and like the, the soldiers are rounding up the fairy tale creatures you see mama bear papa bear and baby bear in cages and yeah baby bear's crying about that these cage this cage is too small later on in the uh, swamp when all the fairy tale characters are rounded up, you just see Papa Bear and Baby Bear and baby and they're crying in each other's arms. Later on in Farquaad's bedroom, you can see Mama Bear has been made into a rug. Like I never noticed that until I I saw like an article on it, and now it's the saddest shit I've ever seen in one of these movies. Yeah, yeah. Fucking gnarly. Jesus. Yeah. And it's only there if you're paying attention. So sad. Oh, just had to, I had to get that out. Yeah, no, truly. Yeah, I totally understand. Um, 
another reason this movie just kind of, you know, is different. It's doing different stuff than, than, than your typical children's animated flick. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah. Big time. This was a, you know, a game changer. Things started getting a little bit darker in the animation world. I think after Shrek, I think Shrek showed people that you can cater to both kids and adults if you're smart about it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Do it, do it in a smart, clever, funny way and you'll get a best uh, adapted screenplay award. Yeah. Exactly. And I've never read the book this is based on. It's like a kid's book. I, I saw it at my school library once and it's only like 10 pages long. It's one of those picture books. They just yeah. brought, they bought the name so they could make this. Yeah, that's it. That's all they, <laughs> that's all they wanted. Well, it makes sense, you know, and I'm, I'm glad, glad this movie exists. <laughs> and I'm glad, I'm glad it is what it is. I'm glad it's as popular as it is. Uh, I think it kind of, you know, deserves is a tough word, but I think, you know, it should be critically acclaimed. It's an awesome, awesome flick. And I'm glad we got to, you know, really talk about it here. I, I, I love, I love the things you have to say about this movie, man. <laughs> Same here, man. I love your take on this whole thing. It's cool to see films like this, you know, traditionally kids movies get the same treatment we gave the apartment and Rashomon. Like, we care about these films on par with those films. Like there's no, you know, once you hit this age, no watching kids movies anymore. That's that, that shit does not exist. Yeah. There's no kids table here. This there, all these films matter. And yeah, I love getting to celebrate these for sure. And, you know, next week we're doing a big time, heavy, heavy, heavy hitter. <laughs> yeah. What's that going to be? That's going to be 1974's Chinatown 11 nominations at the 47th Academy Awards. That's the same amount as Godfather Part 2. Of course, they had a different story. Godfather Part 2 went on to have a bunch of wins, including Best Picture, and Chinatown only got one win. We're going we're gonna to see what we think about that. We're going to watch Chinatown. We're going to do some digging into 1974. We're going to come back and give that movie awards, talk a little Polanski, talk a little Faye Dunaway, talk a little Jack Nicholson. It's going to be loads of fun. So come on back next week. Uh, for next Oscar Sunday, uh, episode 32. I think this is going to be our first return to Polanski since we did that episode on Filmgasm. It's time. It is, it is time. time. Wow. <laughs> and for those of you feeling a little adventurous, tomorrow we are launching our brand new podcast, The Sneak Preview, which is going to be covering the current movie release schedule as best we can. Talking about current release films, Anything coming out 2021 is fair game, regardless of the week it comes out. We're going to be doing top tens and recasts and all sorts of cool shit to just kind of talk about whatever we want. It's going to be an even more fun place to embrace what's new in film. And we're going to be starting this out by celebrating the films we saw this, this past year, doing the top 10 films of 2020. Hell yes. I cannot wait for that, man. It's going to be so much fun. Because I think, you know, give people a taste for, for the kind of stuff we're going to do. Free-flowing conversation, just loving on. When a new movie comes out that we've got some shit to say about, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll have some fun. And hopefully we can give people a, a place to come with their current movie journey. You know, that's what it's all about. Yeah, for sure. And, of course, you know, there's going to be issues with the theater. We're not going to be able to catch everything until, you know, things are relatively back to normal 
we're not, you know, delusional. We know what's going on out there. But we're going to do our best. We're going to talk a lot of streaming films. We're going to do whatever we can get a hold of. So no promises. We're yes. taking it week by week. And uh, we're just yeah, here to man. Have fun. Yeah, yeah. I'll explain more about the nature of the show on tomorrow's episode. So check that out. It'll be every Monday morning from here on out. Oh, man. I cannot, cannot wait. Sneak preview. It's going to be fun. And then on Filmgasm this week, we're tackling a very cool favorite of mine. 1999's The Mummy. Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss, John Hanna, and Arnold Vosloo. Fantastic movie. One of my all-time favorites. Arguably the best version of this story. So stay tuned for that. Hell yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, I guess we, uh, yeah, anything else you want to add about Shrek? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't want to end, man, because Shrek is so, so awesome. Just like I don't want the movie to end when it does, but at some point we have to, so... <laughs> that'll do connor that'll do (laughs) see you all next sunday